Hello and welcome. I'm Alice Judge Talbot, author of The Backup Plan, a book that celebrates how to make the best out of Plan B. There are moments in all our lives where we have no choice but to rethink what our future may look like. It's in losing sight of this path that can lead us to discover new versions of success. To celebrate the fact we all have a backup plan, I'll be hearing from guests who have discovered magic in unconventional circumstances and found their own version of success and happiness. Welcome to The Backup Plan. Before we hear from our main guest, I'm delighted to share a brilliant conversation I had with one of the many incredible sellers from Etsy, the sponsors of this podcast. We'll learn how Etsy has supported their sellers' own backup plans so they can grow their businesses, build their teams and follow their passions. Husband and wife, Jamie and Catherine, are the proud founders of The Happy Make House. They've been making lovely stuff since 2012 and their ethos is to create things that reflect their inspiration and are always ship-shaped. I mean, Etsy was the no-brainer, so, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really cost anything to set up on Etsy. It was the obvious starting point. What has been the highlights and the benefits of you starting your own business on Etsy? It's just really easy to list a product, you can Mm -hmm. put it up and you've got a whole global reach. Mm -hmm. I think also if you've got a whole bunch of ideas that you want to get out there quickly, Mm. but you don't want to invest too much money into that, um, you can try things without Mm -hmm. it kind of setting you back. So what would you say to someone who's thinking about selling on Etsy? Just go for it. What have you got to lose? It's not like setting up a website or designing any, you know, you can just go on and follow the format. It's... Mm -hmm. You know, anybody can do it. Where can we find you on Etsy? The at, Happy Make House. The, the Happy, Happy Make House, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you. Jamie Klingler is an absolute force. I'm lucky enough to call her one of my best friends, but aside from that lucky plaudit, she's extremely talented and an award-winning marketer, founder of the National Burger Day and the London Seafood Festival, and also mum to the most famous dog in London, McNulty. She's also great to have on a quiz team. Jamie was one of the founding team members who launched Shortlist magazine and then later Stylist and spent 10 years at the helm of their commercial division. She now runs her own consultancy, the Creative Influence Alliance, which is the umbrella she uses to run her food festival and other creative and experiential projects. A prolific reader, Jamie inhales books like no one I've ever met before and gets through around 90 a year. She was also one of the first people to read an early draft of the backup plan. Jamie, we spend so much time talking in the pub, so I'm really happy to have you in a studio as a woman. And this is something I talk about a lot. I always find that I get plagued by imposter syndrome and low self-confidence. And one of the things I've always admired about you is that you are just so confident and out there and just so unashamedly you which is a wonderful trait to have how do you do it so like everything I do I'm like wearing a crab dress right now that I was in for the seafood festival and I've got an octopus ring on like I really live my brands yeah and I kind of find it weird when people can switch off and part of that is that I've never I've never been someone who part-time does things I was I was a big Ernie's girl when I was waitressing in college like but my identity is so wrapped up in my career. And maybe that's mm-hmm. because I don't have kids and I, I don't I haven't chosen to go that route. But my career has always meant so much to me. Yeah. And my events like I wear I wore burger tiaras that I made and <laughs> and I'm too strong of a personality to mm-hmm. tend to blend into the background. Mm-hmm. My old boss once told me I was too smart for my own good and that I should keep my mouth shut eighty percent more. <laughs> really? <laughs> And he meant it, and he loved me, and he meant yeah, it yeah, in yeah. a good way. Yeah, because you do, like, you just, you are you, and you just say what you think. But I think that's such, again, I think that's such a great trait to have. 
I guess I'm just I'm happy to not be defined by one thing. And I think sometimes, especially with people trying to build their brands, mm-hmm. quote unquote, they try to just go one way mm-hmm. and just say one thing and make sure they look a certain way and everything. And I guess part of it, I think, is because I've been on Twitter for so, so long, mm-hmm. which is how we met. Yep. I forget that it's not just a group of, like, 20 people following me that I know, that it's a couple, like, thousand. But it is a different beast now than it was 10 years ago when we first met. Absolutely. And it's it's weird. It's not as nice as it used to be. It's not, like, the kind, cuddly, supportive community. It used to kind of be a, a place to go for jokes and for support, but now it's almost like just take down politicians and, yeah, tweet links to your latest blog post it's it's not as good as it once was no absolutely not and like people have talked about it it's like the nice bar that used the local bar and now mm. all the people that you like have gone have like left yeah 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 exactly but I guess I still use it as a news source but I also I have been really honest on it especially mm-hmm. this last year and and dealing with going through all this stuff but also when you're living your brand and you're trying to build your own company mm-hmm. I am what you see on the tin you know yeah. like I don't pretend to be someone else and if you don't want the big Jamie, like larger than life, don't hire me. Yeah. And that's part of it is like, if you're hiring me, you get all that goes with that and you get the audacious. You also get the odd tears at work. Yeah. And that's what you just, yeah. So it's it's it, the good and the bad. It's, it's mm. not always a good thing when I'm going through it and when mm. I'm too highly stressed or too tired or any mm. of that. Like, it, none of us are perfect. Let's take it back a few years. So when you were growing up in Philadelphia, what did you want to be? What was like your plan A? A broadcast journalist. Okay. It's not that far. Like, yeah. being in the media was you, always... Because you, you tell stories, you just tell brand stories. Yeah, so it was always about... It was always about communicating and getting it out there. Um, originally, I worked in TV and film. Mm-hmm. So I was a Law & Order Special Victims Unit and then mm-hmm. Law & Order Intern and Analyze This. I was a dead hooker in a dumpster on Special Victims Unit. Not many people can say that. <laughs> they taped newspaper to my bits. To the, <laughs> you know, you know. It's a good way to start your job. Um, and then ended up leaving there to go to NBC and work in publicity. Uh-huh. And then the publicity bug. Like, and I think PRs, I think PRs get such a bad rap because yeah. when you're actually communicating to an audience who wants to consume it, mm. that's the perfect mix. That's the magic. You know, and then you're like the whole thing about Creative Influence Alliance is bringing together storytellers that mm-hmm. are really good at it. Like I was a photo director at Shortlist for the first five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a great photographer, but mm. I, I've got a great eye. Yeah. And hiring people that are amazing and can take my vision and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things about Seafood Festival this weekend that I am in love with is I made these little jellyfish lanterns. Yes, I saw those. And we put them all together, and the guys hung them. And, like, it's so silly. It's like one of those umbrella installations, which you kind of have to see to understand. But, like, why I was so excited about that doesn't yeah. really make sense. But it was colorful. It got your eye. And it's, yeah. it's a weird thing to do that that gets people's attention. Yeah. So it's, it's little things like that. It's the details. It's the making people as comfortable as possible and making yeah. sure they really have fun at my events. So for all who are uninitiated, uh, the London Seafood Festival, I was lucky enough to go to one of the events last or a couple of weeks ago where we tried oysters and then we had this massive crab feast. It was incredible. But it's that Battersea Power Station. It's like, it's iconic. Uh, it's the second year that you've done it, right? Yeah, we had 45,000 people come. I mean... 45,000 people for the second iteration of a food festival. Everyone that was participating, like, we all felt like a family by the end of it. And, like, we were so excited to get the numbers in and see so many people there and so many. And it was fun to see, like, Friday night was very much the after-work crowd. Mm -hmm. Saturday was, like, mixed. And then Sunday, because it was Father's Day, was, like, Mm -hmm. super family, Mm -hmm. which 
again, learning what those levers are and learning from those experiences on how we do other things. Like my events when I was at Stylist and Shortlist had a lot more to do with booze and had a lot more to do with that millennial age group, whereas doing this with families and hiring mermaids, um, (laughs) my first invoice was to a mermaid paid in my new company. So (laughs) can't say that every day. You started National Burger Day, which is one of my favorite things in the world. And I will again explain for people listening that your birthday is in August. And I mean, you love your birthday. So (laughs) I mean, you you love your Megalomaniac. You are the one person I know who will have a massive birthday party each year for their dog. So your birthday is like even a step above. But Jamie one year said, how can I make my birthday even bigger? I'm going to start a food festival on my birthday. Well, it was also, how do you get work to pay for a photo booth? Photo booths are like 1,100 quid. Yeah. So it was, how do I get work to pay so that I have a photo booth at my birthday every So is year? that where it came from? Like, I want a photo <laughs> booth at my birthday, but I don't want to pay for it. Kind of. Then National Burger Day. <laughs> but National Burger Day... Um, There was an actual business reason behind it. So we had about, we had like seven grand to spend and we were trying to build a database for Mr. Hyde, which was a daily email for men. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was to get those names that we would then email to. Mm -hmm. But the first year we had 176 restaurants, which really were gotten by me walking into restaurants and being like, well, you give 20% off for National Burger Day. And by the time I left, which was two years ago, we had over 1,100 restaurants. We had French's Mustard and Pepsi Max sponsor it. I mean, it was a huge nationwide deal. And there were people kind of jumping on Burger Day who weren't even involved in Burger Day, who were kind of claiming it as as a day. And that's like, that's just your birthday, Jamie. It's your birthday. Never, ever. You on the cover of... uh, GBK Magazine. GBK Magazine on the cover. There was a Jamie Burger. So ridiculous. I almost had Johnny marry me on Burger Day just for the press, which probably (laughs) is not the best reason to get married. Oh, I've heard worse. (laughs) Talk about a backup plan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Quick interruption while I tell you about the most beautiful Rassen coffee table I purchased from Etsy recently. I searched high and low for the right one from your usual high street outlets, but when it came down to delivery, which turned out to be from a local vintage dealer only 30 minutes down the road, I loved the fact this piece of furniture I bought had history. Rather than spending its short life in a warehouse, my new-to-me coffee table began life in the 70s. The thought of the places it's been makes me smile every time I use it. Thanks Etsy for supporting the podcast. When it comes to thinking of a food festival, so the London Seafood Festival, as we said, second year, I would love to have the confidence to go, right, I'm going to make a seafood festival and I'm going to get all these brands involved and I'm going to be certain that all these people are going to come. Well, you're not certain. You're, you, you, you're definitely nervous and and you work with people that are really talented to, to get the word out and like I can be all confidence and then I can be sitting on a bathroom floor in hysterics, mm-hmm. you know. Balance. I think, again, when you talk Mm -hmm. about the confidence stuff, like some of the girls that I used to train at Corbis back in the day, it was like some of it is like with sales and negotiating. You fake it until you forget you're faking it. Yes. And then it's like, oh, I kind of just believe my own hype. You know, I've done that a lot in the last couple of years when it comes to self-confidence because I used to get imposter syndrome like nobody's business, especially when my book came out. It was awful. But I have spent such a long time telling myself that I'm this person that I want to be that suddenly I became it. And you forget I, that you're making it up. I don't get imposter syndrome anymore. Like I'm literally my biggest advocate and I've never been that before. And I think faking it, to, some people take it to the you know wrong degree and it gets annoying. But I'm so much more confident in myself now because I've told myself all this stuff in my head. But it's also the not taking yourself overly seriously. Like, it's me wearing burger hats and wearing crab (laughs) dresses. Like, that's how I can negate 
sounding like I'm just a pompous asshole. Yeah. Like, I'm not Trumpy, you know, about, yeah. like, thinking, like, oh, the room should revolve around me that way. But, like, knowing that I was able to get 20 chefs. And, and again, so Mecca Ibrahim is women in food. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of my big things for the Seafood Festival was making sure that we had a number of women chefs present. The restaurants that are at Battersea, you get into mm-hmm. the rest of their restaurants. And then everybody that we had work with us, we really are very picky about who we ask Mm. so that you've got an upper echelon of talent and skill Mm -hmm. and joy Mm -hmm. because if they're then talking about it and they're getting it out and like Fraser Combs did the PR and you're getting in the right magazines, you're getting getting the right people down like you to talk about it. So like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you really want to spread out. But then on a a site like that, so much of it is about the weather as well. So like we were holding our breath and it it ended up just being amazing. But it's it's how you – like, I was terrified last week. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Last week was hard. Mm-hmm. Like, last week, our Monday, our builders, like, his phone broke when it was in his pocket because it got so wet. Like, oh it was 12 gosh. hours on Monday of rain. Oh, and gosh. we had to build our stages, you know? Yeah. And so you can have all the confidence in the world, but I mm-hmm. panicked. There's, yeah. there's no question that there were some tears. Yeah. Yeah, you said last week, I saw on Facebook, like you haven't read a page of a book for an entire week, which is very unusual for you. It's crazy. You read 90 books last year. Yeah. And... You write about them in that, was it the iPaper? Yeah. And you review all of them. They're all like three-sentence reviews. So I don't go into plot. I don't go into what the books are about. I very much just say if it's worth my time or not. Yeah. I'm pretty harsh <laughs> at times. Have I've you been, always read like that? Yeah. yeah. I've always read at least 50 pages a day. Oh, God, that's amazing. It's like my meditation. I think you learn a lot of empathy by stepping into someone else's life and shoes by exploring the characters that they Mm -hmm. bring to the table. But my friend Fran Brown, who's the books editor at Stylist, keeps Mm -hmm. me very much up up to the brim with tons and tons of books and great recommendations. But if you really know someone well, you know what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. And I love an epic. Mm -hmm. I love like a foreign epic, historical fiction, bring it on, as long as it's not the American out look on World War II. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever go back to America? No. I always think you're like part of the furniture in London, way more than anyone I know who was ever born here. Like, you are London. And that's so bizarre because you weren't born here. I you think really a lot are. of that comes down to me just telling you what restaurants and nightlife to go to. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But you just, you love the city love in the a city. way that everyone should love the city. But like, I just went to lunch at the French house and went, walked in and they kissed me hello. And, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I really, I feel like when you have a neighborhood or you have a dog, mm-hmm. you have to make it your own. And mm-hmm. so like, I really like people knowing me. Mm-hmm. So like, I like them knowing McNulty's name. I like them knowing what I drink. I like them knowing and recommending mm-hmm. what I should eat. And like, I'll always just buy whatever anybody tells me just yeah. because th- it makes me feel like more of their community as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, Soho is my little community as well. And, yeah. And I've been part of the furniture in Camden. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> We're going on 18 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah. I do love it. What has been the highlight of your career? Because it's been so diverse and interesting. I think Seafood Festival is really up there because it it's so different and it's stretched every bit. And the first one, I said goodbye to my mom. Yeah. And she died on Saturday, and it was Tuesday through Sunday. One of the things I really admire about you and around your mom's death is how much you have been open to talking about it. Because I think grief is another thing that we don't traditionally discuss because it's not, I don't know if it's shameful. 
like it's, if we we sh- we don't feel like we should be showing that we're grieving and we're sad for this reason and we we'll, if we're grieving maybe we'll take some time off work and we'll go and hide away and deal with it we won't bring it with us and we won't talk about it i got amazing grief counseling um mm-hmm. from camden council which i was very very grateful for but i tried the antidepressant route and mm-hmm. it made me so ill mm. and then everybody was like oh my god you've lost so much weight you look great and i was like I can barely stand. I'm throwing up all day every day. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys are saying I look great? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I look I look unhealthy. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like me. And I didn't feel strong. And mm-hmm. I really did have a bad physical reaction to the antidepressants. And then went off of them. And it, it almost was the turn of the year. So, like, I finished my last book, which was uh, my 90th book last year. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started really eating again on January 1st. I think one of the things, especially now, like I just went traveling for two mm-hmm. weeks with my best friend's mom, I need to be around some older women who I can take dog walks with and talk to them about different things because mm-hmm. I don't have my mom anymore. Mm-hmm. And seeking out that that advice, and it's actually, when they're not related to you, it's much easier to take the advice because there's no barbs in it. Mm-hmm. There's no like yeah. undercurrent of that you failed them in some way or yeah. that you're not doing well enough or that you should come back to America and have four babies. (laughs) When you spoke, because you spoke a lot about grief online, was that for you or was that for other people? Oh, probably for me. I don't know. So much of it's like verbal diarrhea at two in the morning (laughs) when when I don't want to wake people up and I don't want to talk to people in America because you don't want them to worry about you. And that's where the online community can come into play, where Mm -hmm. it's like you can get support. Actually, I met a bunch of girls – at the March Against Trump's Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. And that WhatsApp group, in whatever way, just has transformed things. Like, mm-hmm. that's the group I can say anything to. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to freak out. They're not going to say I'm drinking too much, which I probably was. But they're the ones that will let me scream. And because you don't have those ties and because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know them that well, there's not as much guilt about putting some stuff on them. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird echo chamber where I can say whatever I want to say. And I've actually learned so much about them. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a relief to be able to do that without without worrying that they're going to worry too much about me. Mm-hmm. We talk about feminism a lot. And one thing I always notice about you is that you, like, I think I've seen you wear jeans twice in the whole time we've known each other. You are, like, you're really super feminine. You're a feminine feminist, which I like because I think that's, like, the new wave of feminine. But you've worked in very male-dominated industries. How do you find being, like, a super feminine feminist, a strong woman in a dress in a male-dominated world? Has that ever been a battle for you? Oh, of course. Like, there's no question about it. And the sexuality that comes with it and... I've got massive tits, I've got a massive ass, and I Mm -hmm. wear things that accentuate it. Mm -hmm. Um, My boobs are out a lot. Like, I am not a skinny woman. I'm never going to be a skinny woman. But when I walk into a room, everybody knows that I've just walked into a room. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't really like jeans. Yeah. And I'm not going to hide who I am, and I'm not going to not be me. It's it's one of those things, though. Uh, I was a women's studies TA, like a teaching assistant when yeah. I was in college. And this woman really challenged me that I couldn't be a feminist and wear lipstick. And I was what? like, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but don't, yes. do not tell me. You, my whole definition of feminism is me being able to do and make the choices I want to make on my own terms. But also, if somebody wants to flirt with me and give me an extra opportunity, mm-hmm. the shit that I get, they have to balance out in some ways. Yeah, And yeah, it's not PC. It's not necessarily like, but 
you know that you vibe with some people. You yeah. know that you can flirt your way through some things and situations. And you can also disarm things. Mm-hmm. Like there are situations that could get scary or could get awkward or could get really bad that you can all disarm. Mm-hmm. But we've also all been sexually harassed, you know, yeah. like a lot. Mm-hmm. So if time, money, location was no object, where would you be right now? What would you be wanting to do with your life? I'm going to raise a ton of Cavalier puppies <laughs> <laughs> while writing my book and cooking in a four. So four stories. Top story is a little movie theater. Third story is like my little restaurant. Uh-huh. Then a writing studio. Uh-huh. And I don't know what else. And then, <laughs> then a the, consulting. Where would this magic house be? Camoli. Oh, in Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie's boyfriend is Italian. Most beautiful place ever. It wouldn't be in London. Oh, I'd come back. I'll do two. I'll have two branches. Okay. It's like my own members club with two like ten, branches ten of Jamie, members. Jamie Klinglet, Inc. <laughs> Never name your business after yourself, I was told once. Especially if your name's like mine and nobody can spell it. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So if you're feeling inspired to make the most of your backup plan, great. This is just the start. We'd love to know your thoughts about the backup plan, so please leave us a review and a rating. And for all your weekly updates, hit the subscribe button. Before I go, I want to say a final shout out to the amazing team over at Etsy. Head to Etsy.com to buy directly from someone who put their heart and soul into making something special. Until next time.